Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. How does that? How do you feel about that for um, security? No one can snatch you out of His hand. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible-teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Jesus describes the benefits and blessings that come to his sheep. They have eternal life given by Jesus. This eternal life begins now, but is greater than physical life. It is to be expected that the Good Shepherd would take good care of his sheep. The sheep are safe and secure in the hand of the Good Shepherd. God's sheep find safety in both the hand of the Good Shepherd and God the Father. It's comforting to know that the hands that created the world hold on to the believer. Now here's Pastor Rob with today's lesson. Lord willing, we'll finish our time here in the 10th chapter of John's Gospel. Such a critical uh, passage. If you remember, uh, Jesus had healed a man in Jerusalem, and he did it on the Sabbath. And the religious leaders took offense to that, not only because he had done something that they could never do, and that is to heal a man, but also that he did it on the Sabbath, which broke their law, in a sense. And the Lord was always questioning them and kind of putting them in the corner and saying, is it good to do good on the Sabbath? Is it good to do good things on the Sabbath? And he made the comparison that if one of your cattle or one of your livestock fell into a ditch on the Sabbath, wouldn't you get three or four men to come and and get that animal out of the ditch? And the answer is, of course, you would do that. And how much more important is it that a son of Abraham that this man was, how important was it that he would be healed on the Sabbath? And right on the heels of that rebuke to them, Jesus goes right into chapter 10. He doesn't stop. There's a chapter division there, but that is for us. The translators put that in there for us to be able to, uh, to find scriptures and to find passages. But in the original, it just continued on. And so, you know, the very last thing he said, you know, in the previous verse or chapter, if you were blind, you would have no sin, but now you say we see, therefore your sin remains, speaking to the Pharisees, and then Jesus would go along and tell them that he is the door, that he is the door of the sheep, 
that he is the good shepherd. In fact, this morning we're going to pick up in verse 11 because we've spent already two weeks on this. And I don't know about you, but again, I found this, I feel like I've been stuck in this chapter. And I think the reason was, and I just kind of figured this out this week, is I needed it. I needed to hear that Jesus is the good shepherd. Have you felt that way? With everything that's going on in the world? I mean, if you're, if you're in tune and alive and breathing, you know the things that are happening in our world, right? And so it's very concerning, and it's very confusing. There's a great deception all around us right now. But here's the thing. I needed to hear this. I, I felt like I was the first partaker of these messages myself because I needed to remember that Jesus is the good shepherd, that he knows what's happening. I don't really know the, the, the minutia of the things that are going to happen in the next few days and the next week. We know the big picture. And aren't you glad that the, you know the big picture? Haven't we been going through the big picture? Remember last, uh, it was the beginning of this year, we had finished uh, Revelation. And we went through Revelation during that dark time called COVID when they wanted to shut us down. And as we look through that, wasn't that encouraging to you and me? to see that God had a plan. In fact, he, he told us way in advance. And isn't that what a good shepherd does? He doesn't just allow his sheep to go out in the field and say, well, whatever happens, happens, see ya. No, he goes out before them. He goes out before the sheep, and he prepares the way. He tells in advance. And that's what he did. That's what he does. See, that's why the Word of God is so wonderful to us, because it, it, it shows us not only the, the past, but also the future, what's coming, the big picture, if you will. And I want to encourage you to rest in that, regardless of what we go through on a, on a micro level, God's got the macro as well. You follow? So be encouraged. He is the good shepherd. And I think this morning and these last couple of weeks, I think he just wants to ground us in this. He wants to ground me in it, probably me more than anybody else, because I find myself so distraught by what I see and the things that are going on, I just racked me inside. Do you feel that way? I do. I just feel unsettled. I'm angry, honestly. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I've been angry. My wife can attest to that. But I, I can't be that way. I can't stay there for long. I don't want to stay there for long. Because I know that God has a plan. And see, I know these things. And you know these things. But isn't it true that while you're going through it, it's never easy. It's never easy to go through these things that we're going through. The process is painful. I know that the process was coming. It's been foretold for over several thousand years. And especially since the church age began in the, in the first century. We were, we're 2,000 years into this. And it's coming to an end. Are you aware of that? It is. It's coming to an end, just as the Bible tells us. Things that couldn't have happened, but now all of a sudden are in alignment. Things that we never could have thought possible are happening before our eyes. And you either can ignore that and say, well, that's just coincidence. And you can do that if you'd like. But let me suggest to you, and you know this, the Bible has been accurate from the very beginning. Foretelling when Jesus would come, think of it. Thousands of years before Jesus would be incarnate in human flesh. God of Almighty incarnate in human flesh. And then finally he shows, fulfilling the, all the prophecies, of the, many of them in the Old Testament. And the probability of that is incredible. It's, it's mind-boggling, the probability of one person doing that. He did it. 
And now he's telling us of things yet to come. And is he going to lie to us? Is he going to say... And then when we start seeing those things come to pass, it ought to spur everyone in this room and everyone who's in earshot of this. It should spur us. It should get us up off our feet and say, oh my goodness, this is really happening. (laughs) And if you're not at that place right now, you need to wake up. Wake up. (laughs) You need to wake up. The Lord is returning. He's coming soon. I don't know the day or the hour. But he, when he says these signs are going to happen before my coming, believe me, if the signs before his second coming are already starting to form in alignment, believe me, they are. I, I've looked at it, and I'm, I'm boggled by it. I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really... I didn't know this would happen on my watch, but I believe it's going to happen on my watch, on your watch. Don't know when. But that's why I believe this passage is so precious to us. So let's pick up in verse 11. And then we're going to get into it. And we'll take communion today. And hopefully we'll finish this chapter. I'm really hoping to, but I have a tendency to be verbose. And I get stuck and then we have to start over. So um, we won't start over, I promise. But notice in verse 11, Jesus said to these Pharisees and the scribes, notice, he says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, he sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and flees. And notice, the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. And the hireling flees too, because he's a hireling and does not care about the sheep. And again, I am the good shepherd, Jesus says, and I know my sheep and am known by my own. Aren't you glad you're owned by him? By right of creation and by right of birth, we belong to him. He created us, and now that he's got his spirit indwelling us, he owns me. He owns you if you're a Christian. Aren't you glad that you're owned by someone who, who's really benevolent rather than somebody who is mean and nasty? I'm so glad I'm owned by him. And the Father knows me, verse 15. Even so, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and, uh, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and notice, and they will hear my voice. That's you and I, Gentiles. And there will be one flock and one shepherd, the church of Jesus Christ, and the one shepherd is is Jesus. Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment I have received of my Father. Therefore, there was a division among the Jews because of these sayings, and many of them said, He has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And the obvious answer is no. Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch, and then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, how long do you make us uh, keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but do But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. How how do you feel about that for um, security? No one can snatch you out of his hand. No one. 
in heaven above or in earth beneath. There's no one that can take you out of Jesus' hand once you are his. Because if you're in his hand, you're in the Father's hand. No one can take you out. That's very... Does the Bible speak of the assurance of salvation? Yes, it does. And to me, that's the great joy of Christianity, is to know that I'm saved. I'm heaven-bound, not because of any good work, but because of what he's done. And so as a result of that, I can rest and not try to earn my favor with God because I've already earned it, because I'm in Christ. And if I'm in Christ, then God sees me in Christ. He doesn't look at Rob. He looks at me and he sees the blood of his son covering me, and that's all he looks for. And all, everything in between now is just me and you being transformed and being sanctified moment by moment, right? And that's exciting to me. Turn with me to Psalm 23 because we're going to look at what a good shepherd does. What does a good shepherd do? Open to Psalm 23 if you would, please. Psalm 23. This is a great uh, verse, great chapter. And it fits perfectly with what we're talking about today. As you know, it was a psalm of David. And notice what David said in verse 1. He says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The idea is, I shall not fail, I shall not decrease, I shall not be without, I shall not be in need. Now, all of us have been in need at one point, but not for very long. And Jesus will always provide for us. It may not be the, the exact on time when we want it. He may stretch us a little bit, but he's always given us. Is there anybody here that's gone without food, water, and shelter? Because that's what he promised us in Matthew 5, Matthew 6. Has anybody, any of us gone, gone without for very long? Maybe not at all. He may not have given us the, the fancy house or the fancy car, but he's provided for the things that are necessary And he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And guess what? All these things will be added to us. He'll make sure we're provided for and we'll have these things. But seek first his kingdom. Do the thing that's on his heart. Do the thing that he's called you to do. But notice, I shall not want. And and, and that's what he said. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And I love this. Uh, There's a, a picture that I just find amazing. It was painted on charcoal. It's a charcoal print by Catherine Brown, and she was inspired by Isaiah 40 when she wrote this. And and Isaiah 40 says this, Behold, the Lord shall come with a strong hand, and his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. And gently lead those who are with young. And I, Doesn't that just paint the picture for you? Of the love of God, of being cared for, of knowing that he's taking care of you? That to me is the thing that I need right now. I don't know how you feel, but I, I need to remember this. That this is the Lord's care for us. This is his heart toward us. But what does the Bible also say? Look at Psalm uh, 23 and verse 2 and 3. Notice, he makes me a a good pasture or a good uh, uh, shepherd is going to bring us in good pastures that have been inspected ahead of time. He makes me to lie down in green pastures beside the still waters. 
The Lord is faithful to bring us to those places where there is peace, where there's tranquility, where there's a, uh, uh, just a letting go of just trusting in him. I don't, when, I, when I read that verse, you know, green pastures and still waters and, and just quiet. All you can hear is the slight ripple of the water. It, it really does. It brings you to a place of settledness. And I believe, again, that's where the Lord wants us today. To be settled in spite of the chaos. You can rest in Christ. And he goes to the field before he sends his, she- his sheep into the field. He goes ahead of time. He goes before them and he po- pulls out the poisonous weeds and the plants and anything that the sheep would eat. Because, l- listen, sheep will eat anything. L- literally, they'll eat anything. You can put garbage on the ground and if that's all that's there, they'll eat it. But Jesus goes before, he makes sure there's nothing poisonous, makes sure it's green pasture, that the the sheep have plenty to eat. And he does that for us too. He makes sure he takes care of us. He leads us beside the still waters. And do you know that even now, Jesus went before us and is now preparing a place for us. Remember what we read earlier. He laid down his life for the sheep, and now he's gone ahead of us to prepare a place for us. What does it say in John chapter 14? Jesus said before he ascended into heaven, he said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The shepherd bringing his sheep unto him, going ahead of us, preparing the place, and finally bringing us. Are you looking forward to that day when you hear the trump sound? And the dead in Christ will rise, and then we which are alive and remain, our bodies will be changed in the twinkling of an eye, and we'll be caught up together to meet him in the air, and so we will be with him forever. Comfort one another, Paul tells the Thessalonians, comfort one another with these words. That's a great comfort for me, because I'm ready. Are you ready? Seriously, are you ready? If Jesus was to come back today, would you be ready? Are you putting off the, the stuff that you know is wrong? Are you really seeking his face? Because listen, church, this is the time we ought to be praying more than we've ever prayed in our lifetime. The times that we live in are desperate. Pray, pray, and, 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 and get your heart right before God. Get your heart right. And what is also a good shepherd does? He watches for us. He, he, he watches for enemies that are trying to attack the sheep. I love what it says in verse 4 of our psalm there. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And a good shepherd is, is one who is concerned about the dangers in the culture. And we know that we are all like sheep. When Jesus is talking about his sheep, he's talking about his people. And you and I are his people. And a good shepherd does that. He warns of things in the culture. He warns of the things of of different teachers, of books and movies and music and false doctrine. Why? Because he loves. And those things are bad. He wants the very best for you. And a good shepherd also defends us from predators. He has, remember in Psalm verse 4, it says, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod will be used to beat off predators. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Do you remember the dialogue that, G, or I'm sorry, that David had with Saul 
In 1 Samuel 17, it says, David said to Saul, your servant, and this is when he's about ready to face off with Goliath. Nobody would do it, but David, this young teenage shepherd boy, was willing to go out and fight this seasoned veteran who was over nine feet tall, a seasoned warrior, and all the Israelites, including Saul, who was taller than anybody in Israel, he decided, you know, we're not going to go against this guy. And David, this young guy, he says, I'll do it. Who's this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of the living God? He had a whole different heart about him. But David said to Saul before he went out, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard, and I struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Notice the confidence in God. Not in his own, not in his own uh, things. It just kicked me off the network. Okay. Let's see if we can try that again. He said that the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. And, and that's what a shepherd would do too. He would, you can turn that off. Um, that's what a, a shepherd would do as well. He would go before and he would take care and protect his sheep. And isn't that what Jesus did? Do you recall Right before Jesus was taken in the Garden of Gethsemane, it tells us this in John chapter 18. Jesus, as the guards and them were coming to arrest him, he said, he said to them, I have told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way. Let these disciples of mine, let them go. Take me, that you're, I'm the one that you want. Take me. And that's what a shepherd does. It's what a good shepherd does. He delivers his flock. And he also protects them from danger. I said that. Your rod and your staff. He would use that rod to, to hit animals that were animals of prey that are coming. He would use the staff. He would use that long hook to, to reach down. And if, a, if an animal or a, a, a sheep was on a edge of a cliff, he would just reach around like that and he would grab it around its front neck and its front part of its body and, and bring it to safety. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So glad that the Lord comforts us. So glad that he fights for us and he also comforts us. He fights for us more than we could possibly know. You know, in, in Hebrews chapter 1, it says this, that Speaking of angels, it says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Do you know you have guardian angels? You do. The Bible tells us that. There are angels that look out for you, for those who are heirs of salvation. Either heirs or already a child of God. You have angels looking out for you. That's their job. And a good shepherd heals wounded and sick sheep. Do you have any idea how, how hard it is to, to tend for sheep? I mean, they're so diseased. Uh, they're, they're so easily, they so easily catch diseases. In their eyes, they got bugs. I mean... Uh...
That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.